Hi, everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. How many times is it okay to test the Lord? Is it one? Is it two? Is it six? Is it ten? We're going to get to that in just a second. Today, we are reading over Judges chapter six and seven. Uh, and it is the story of Gideon. If you've been around church for a long time, if you read the Bible quite a few times, whatever, if you had a flannel graph as a kid, you probably know about Gideon. Uh, that's that's basically the guy for both chapters. So as we read over Judges 6 and 7, Jenny, what do you want to talk about today? Well, I always, I also taught judges in my classroom, and this was one of the judges that we talked about. And it was always so funny to me how you can go from someone like Deborah, who was just like straight up ready to like tell the people how it is to somebody who is like Gideon, who is very, I don't know. He's, he's just questioning himself. He's questioning God all the time. And he's supposed to be like the mouthpiece at this moment. So it's very interesting how we can switch from such a confident leader and judge to someone who is incredibly the opposite of that. I don't know. So with the start of Gideon, we get uh, the same the same like outline as usual. The people turned mm-hmm. against God. They did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. The Lord allowed the Midianites to come against them. What's interesting about them is that they were supposedly utterly destroyed in Numbers 31. Yeah. So that is one of those groups of people that were supposedly wiped off the face mm. of the earth. Not uh, so much. Here they are right now tormenting the Israelites to the point that they have to like live in caves and stuff. Yeah, um, because they're coming alongside. They they were compared to locusts coming in and like mm-hmm. taking over all of their their food supply. Um, and even we see Gideon talking too about how he is like, <laughs> what is he doing? He's out um, basically trying to get food, but like yeah. doing it in like a real sneaky way yeah. so that they don't come alongside yeah. and just take it from them. So they're experiencing these really weird hardships of like bullies of the land. <laughs> so they're being oppressed by the Midianites. They cry out to the Lord for help. Mm-hmm. The angel of the Lord raises up a judge. This is literally the cycle we're going to see over and over and over. I'm just going to keep talking about it because that is judges. That's what happens. Uh, what's interesting to me here is that here we have the actual angel of the Lord hanging out under a terebinth at Orpha. Um, what's interesting to me about that is this could be an angel. Uh, there's some talk about it could be the, an angel. What's weird in the chapter is that at some points he's referred to as the angel of the Lord. And at other points, it just says the Lord. Um, so you get this this conversation between Gideon and the angel of the Lord. Uh, mm-hmm. And sometimes he's called angel. Sometimes he's called Lord. This could be a manifestation of God in the flesh, which would mean this is Jesus. Jesus. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Uh, I realize some of you feel like that is an extreme stretch. Um, mm-hmm. I always think think it's interesting because anytime we see God in human form, that's Jesus. He's existed eternally. And so it's not weird for him to show up mm-hmm. in the Old Testament because mm-hmm. he's always been around. Um, Gideon. I don't know. I feel like when I was a kid, I was taught that Gideon was like this amazing warrior. There is a there is a symptom of like Bible lessons for little boys. Uh-huh. <laughs> What's funny is even as a Mennonite little boy, we were like we loved Gideon and Samson, which is kind of funny. Well, yeah, it's weird too because like when I taught it in the classroom, we like prepare for like be ready for all of these judges, like these great and powerful whatevers. But then when we got to Gideon, I was like, ah, that's kind of weird because he is like so not confident of himself at all to the point of like literally speaking to the angel of the Lord. And he's like, just hang on a second. I got to go inside and get like an offering to make sure that you're the real deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he literally says, show me a sign, 
several times. Mm -hmm. Um, He tests the Lord several times. He does this thing with the fleece at twice. So, so it's like, God do this and I will know that you're telling me the truth. And then God does it. And then he's like, well, hold on. See, do that's crazy this. because I feel like I have definite situations in my life where I'm like, God, can you please just like make it really obvious in this instance, please. Um, and I find myself in those situations often where I'm like, please just give me a really obvious sign in this like circumstance, this instance. And Maybe he does, and I just don't like the answer. I don't know. But it seems interesting to me that he gets, like, such an obvious answer. Like, it is exactly what he asked for, but he still doubts, and he still asks for something else. Mm -hmm. And maybe I would do the same thing. I don't know, but... What can be helpful in this context is Deuteronomy 6.16 literally says, Do not put the Lord your God to the (laughs) test. Like, don't question him. And here we have Gideon doing it a bunch of times. Yeah, which makes me wonder, like, why did he even ask? Like, why did he appoint Gideon anyway? Like, was there just nobody else? Yeah, Judges is not a book to prove the faithfulness of people. Mm-hmm, like, they're mm-hmm. they're not great people. Judges is a great book to prove the faithfulness of God. Mm-hmm. God is super faithful um, in spite of his people's lack of faithfulness. Well, what's interesting then about this this set of chapters is that after he asks God to basically prove himself in those two instances, I think it is very interesting that after after Gideon's like, okay, this is what God wants. This is the real deal. God actually puts Gideon to the test in a way also. So it's kind of like I was saying earlier, it's like God's like touche kind of moment because once Gideon is on board, God gives him, like, this assurance of, what was it, 22,000 men to enter in and, like, overtake the Midianites. And then he's like, okay, well, actually, I want you to go and see who all... Well, actually, that... Wait, what comes first? Because there's something about how they drink out of the the river. He has... uh, He sends 10,000 home. Right. So there's initially 22,000... He sends 10,000 Oh, it's whoever is fearing and trembling. Send them back. Which is according to the law of Mm -hmm. war, which we've read before. So he wipes out 12,000 of them, Mm -hmm. and he's left with 10,000, which is like, okay, we still got this. And then it's like, okay, have them go down to the river, and whoever drinks in such a way, send them back too. And he is left with 300 men. And that seems like incredibly intimidating Mm -hmm. because he's out like rallying up all the people, and God basically sends every single one of them back. Um, so that's like really crazy. And I think that is kind of like God's way of being like, okay, if you're going to test me, I'm going to test you too. And hopefully like your reliance on me is, is good. So the, the 300 people, they split into three groups. So Gideon attacks like the Midianites who are supposedly like locusts. Yeah. Um, Lots of people. Yeah. Um, in three teams of 100. Mm-hmm. And they basically, it's kind of interesting, they basically attack them with lanterns. <laughs> and no like, horns. Yeah, trumpets and lanterns. Our horns. Obvious, trumpets, yeah, obvious tools for warfare. <laughs> um, and the Lord causes the people to flee and fight each other. Mm-hmm. So uh, what is this? It's Judges 7.22. When they blew the 300 trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his comrade and against all the army, and the army fled. Which is really interesting to me because Leviticus 26.6 um, says that 
the like it's it's one of the blessings of the promise call back like if they do what god tells them to do leviticus 26 6 talks about let me get there ready sorry i know i should have should have had a little bookmark uh 26 6 says uh let's see actually we'll start in 26 8 five of you shall chase a hundred and a hundred of you shall chase ten thousand for your enemies shall fall before you by the sword which is really interesting because mm-hmm. exactly that happens. So mm-hmm. you talk about God being faithful to his promises. We hear in Leviticus that this is a possibility if you are faithful to God. Mm-hmm. And here we see in Judges 7, that is exactly what happens. What's interesting is reading Leviticus 26, it says they will fall by the sword. You would think it means the Israelites' sword. But, but here in Judges 7, it's actually yeah. their own mm-hmm. swords. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yep. And it's funny to think about it too because like imagine just 300... Um, trumpets sounding in the middle of the night, like mass confusion and like fighting each other. And it's interesting too, that I'm not sure where the dream or the vision came from, but these, like some of the men, when they were like spying on them, some of the Midianite men were just like, well, I had this dream and I'm pretty sure that it means that, that, that Gideon dude's going to come over here and just take over us. So they like almost had this like premonition about it. And still kill each other anyway. So, nuts. So the initial question is, how many times should you question the Lord? I think the actual answer is none. Mm -hmm. You should do what the Lord says. What's amazing in Judges 6 and 7 is that Gideon continually fails. And he tests the Lord over and over and over. But the Lord, because he wants to be faithful to his promise, um, is gracious to Gideon. Now remember... When we're reading Judges, you're not going to you're not going to find people that you should emulate. You're not going to find people that you should live lives like them. Judges is a testament to God, not to people. Mm-hmm. So you don't look at Samson's life and think, "Man, I should live exactly like Salmon. Mm-hmm. Samson Samson Salmon. What a <laughs> what a great guy that Samson." No. And so you can look at you can look at Gideon and you can be like, "Well, you know, Gideon tested God six times. Like that's not a reason well, to live like either, that. Yeah. <laughs> we should we should trust God. So what's interesting to me, and this does fit into the your part. I was gonna say, is this a your part situation? Many times, and and we've been talking about this in our own lives personally. Many times, you'll ask yourself, at least at least me, like God, what do you want me to do right now? Yeah. And I've I've looked at this two different ways. And I don't know which one is better, but I know that my life has been marked by two different seasons of viewing this. Mm. Um, When I was younger, I would tell people, I don't need a word from the Lord. The Lord already gave me a word. It's go and make disciples. Mm -hmm. So if I am going and making disciples, I'm doing what God told me to. I don't need to test that. Mm -hmm. And I, I made some pretty bold choices, like moving several states away or just like dropping my plans and going somewhere else. Mm Um, I would say recently I've been telling God, like, God, I I need you to show me that this is right. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, guys, I'm like openly processing this. So (laughs) I don't know if that's a good idea or a bad idea. I do wonder sometimes if I am becoming more and more like Gideon and that's not great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What do you think about that? I agree. Um, Because I think it's really easy to start like making up scenarios in your head when it's like, well, no, God tells us. And I'm pretty sure that what God told you a long time ago to just go and make disciples, like, 
That doesn't change. It's interesting because God already revealed that to me in his word. Yeah, right. Like, I don't need a special revelation to go and make disciples. Mm -hmm. I can just trust Mm -hmm. what he already said. Yeah. Now, I know that, like, God does that for people. I believe that. But it's funny how it's been almost paralyzing to me to be like, okay, is that what you really want? Like, Uh should I do Uh that? Is that okay? Like, I am actually kind of living like Gideon. Mm And it's, it's caused a lot of like questioning and like a lot of uncertainty and much more confusion than yeah what we started yeah out <laughs> which actually makes me wonder and this is totally me- me- making this up at this point like i'm outside of what the bible says <laughs> this is extra credit oh boy but i actually wonder god already told the people to possess the land mm-hmm. god already told the people that he would fight for them i wonder if it's the same for gideon like god already said Go do it. Mm-hmm. And so then God does show up in this incredible way. Actually, what's really interesting, God shows up and says, hey, Gideon, get rid of all your dad's idols. His dad's not supposed to have idols. Yeah, right. His town is not supposed to have idols. Mm-hmm. He's like, just get rid of those. Um, so then he does that. And then God's like, hey, like, I'm going to actually deliver your people. Just obey me. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if it would have been the same for him. Like, God already told him what to do. Like, almost like, um, kind of like David and Goliath, right? Like, all the people of Israel are like, that giant is really big. I'm really scared of him. <laughs> and David's like, no, like we serve a God that fights for us. I'll go take him on. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, I think I babbled on some now, but the I think that your part is like, be faithful to God. Like trust that God is caring for you when you're in his will. And his will has been outlined pretty well. I know a lot of times it is it is very reassuring to have some kind of supernatural promise from God. But one of the supernatural promises from God we already have is the Bible. Mm-hmm. And we can we can read it and we can trust it and we can follow it. I know that God gives people um, words and direction. And, and a lot of times it just confirms what we already knew. Maybe, maybe it makes us a little bit more bold. Mm-hmm. And that is certainly what happened for Gideon. So, Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, the story of Gideon is kind of split in half. So tomorrow we'll look at chapter 8 and 9. We'll get some more Gideon. So we'll see you then. Hey, thanks so much for listening to our take on God's word. Stick around and listen to the word uh, on the second part of the podcast. Before we get in there, uh, we just want to remind you, you can connect with us at any time on social media and YouTube at God's Plan Your Part. Also, we are a listener supported podcast. So if you ever want to help us out with the ministry that we're doing, uh, you can do that by clicking the link in our description. And now here's the reading for today. Judges chapter six. The people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hand of Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian overpowered Israel, and because of Midian, the people of Israel made for themselves the dens that are in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds. For whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. They would encamp against them and devour the produce of the land as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance in Israel and no sheep or ox or donkey. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents. They would come up like locusts in number. Both they and their camels could not be counted, so that they laid waste the land as they came in. And Israel was brought very low because of Midian, and the people of Israel cried out for help to the Lord. When the people of Israel cried out to the Lord on account of the Midianites, the Lord sent a prophet to the people of Israel. And he said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I led you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of slavery, and I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. As I said to you, I am the Lord your God. You shall not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. 
but you have not obeyed my voice. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Orpha, which belonged to Joash the Abizrite, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where has all of this wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you? And he said to him, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, But I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. And, as, and he said to him, If now I have found favor in your eyes, then show me a sign that is you who speak with me. Please do not depart from here until I come to you and bring out my present and set it before you. And he said, I will stay till you return. So Gideon went into his house and prepared a young goat and unleavened cakes from the ephah of flour. The meat he put in a basket and the broth he put in a pot and brought them to him under the terabith and presented them. And the angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened cakes and put them on the rock and pour the broth over them. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord reached out the tip of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened cakes. The fire sprang up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened cakes. And the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. Then Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. And Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace be to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is peace. To this day it still stands at Orpha, which belongs to the Abyssalites. That night the Lord said to him, Take your father's bull and the second bull seven years old and pull down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the Asherah that is beside it and build an altar to the Lord your God on the top of the stronghold here with stones laid in due order. Then take the second bull and offer it as a burnt offering with the wood of the Asherah that you shall cut down. So Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord had told him. But because he was too afraid of his family and the men of the town to do it by day, he did it by night. When the men of the town rose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was broken down, and the Asherah beside it was cut down, and the second bull was offered on the altar that had been built. And they said to one another, Who has done this thing? And after they had searched and inquired, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing. Then the men of the town said to Joash, Bring out your son that he may die, for he has broken down the altar of Baal and cut down the Asherah beside it. But Joash said to all who stood against him, Will you contend for Baal, or will you save him? Whoever contends for him shall be put to death by morning. If he is a god, let him contend for himself, because this altar has been broken down. Therefore on that day Gideon was called Jerobel, that is to say, let Baal contend against him, because he broke down his altar. Now the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the people of the east came together, and they crossed the Jordan and encamped in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon, and he sounded the trumpet, and the Abyssalites were called out to follow him. And he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, 
and they too were called out to follow him. And he sent messengers to Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali, and they went up to meet him. Then Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, behold, I am laying a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece alone, and it is dry on the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so. When he rose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece, he wrung enough dew from the fleece to fill a bowl with water. Then Gideon said to God, Let not your anger burn against me. Let me speak just once more. Please let me test just once more with the fleece. Please let it be dry on the fleece only, and on the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night, and it was dry on the fleece only, and all the ground there was dew. Then Jeroboam, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the spring of Herod. And the camp of Midian was north of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. The Lord said to Gideon, The people with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hand, lest Israel boast over me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Now, therefore, proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and trembling, let him return home and hurry away from Mount Gilead. Then twenty-two thousand of the people returned, and ten thousand remained. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people are still too many. Take them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. And any of whom I say to you, This one shall go with you, shall go with you. And any one of whom I say to you, This one shall not go with you, shall not go. So he brought the people down to the river. And the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set by himself. Likewise, everyone who kneels down to drink. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hands to their mouths, was three hundred men. But all the rest of the people knelt down to drink water. And the Lord said to Gideon, With the three hundred men who lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hand. And let all the others go, every man to his house. So the people took provisions in their hands and their trumpets. And he sent the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, but retained the three hundred men. And the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. That same night the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp, for I have given it into your hand. But if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Purah your servant. And you shall hear what they say, and afterward your hands shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. Then he went down with Purah his servant to the outposts of the armed men who were in the camp. And the Midianites and the Amicalites and all the people of the east lay along the valley like locusts in abundance, and their camels were without number, as the sand that is on the seashore in abundance. When Gideon came, behold, a man was telling a dream to his comrade, and he said, Behold, I dreamed a dream, and behold, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian and came to the tent and struck it so that it fell and turned it upside down, so that the tent lay flat. And his comrade answered, this is no other than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, the man of Israel. God has given into his hand Midian and all the camp. As soon as Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation, he worshipped. And he returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has given the host of Midian into your hand. And he divided the three hundred men into three companies, and put trumpets in the hands of all of them, and empty jars with torches inside the jars. And he said to them, Look at me, and do likewise. When I come to the outskirts of the camp, do as I do. When I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me, then blow the trumpets also on every side of the camp and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outskirts of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, when they had just set the watch. 
and they blew the trumpets and smashed the jars that were in their hands. Then the three companies blew trumpets and broke the jars. They held in their hands the torches, and in their right hands the trumpets to blow. And they cried out, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Every man stood in his place around the camp, and all the army ran. They cried out and fled. When they blew the three hundred trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his comrade and against all the army. And the army fled as far as Beth Shittah towards Zerah, as far as the border of Abel Maloah by Tabith. And the men of Israel were called out from Naphtali and from Asher and from Manasseh, and they pursued after Midian. Gideon sent messengers throughout all the hill country of Ephraim, saying, Come down against the Midianites and capture the waters against them as far as Beth Bara and also the Jordan. So all the men of Ephraim were called out, and they captured the waters as far as Beth Bara and also the Jordan. And they captured the two princes of Midian, Oreb and Zeb. They killed Oreb at the rock of Oreb, and Zeb they killed at the winepress of Zeb. Then they pursued Midian, and they brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon across the Jordan. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.